Good morning, everybody. Good morning, church. It's lovely to see you here and to imagine I'm seeing you if you're on the live stream. Um, it's great to be able to gather in these various ways as a church and to be able to worship God, praise Him, and encounter His Word together. This morning, um, we're beginning into a new uh, series um, in God's goodness and His Word to us. It's called The Story of God, and we're going to be unpacking and encountering what it is that, that God has been doing, what He's doing in this world and how it is that we can know him and, uh, and get to know his love uh, and love him as well. Um, just to remind you, um, if you are new to our in-person gatherings, um, that we do need to retain our uh, face masks during our gathering. Um, thank you very much. And, and social distancing and all of the usual uh, measures. My apologies. You've heard these 375,000 times already, um, but they remain incredibly important that we uh, take good care of one another. The family room is open downstairs um, should anybody with younger children want to use that. Um, and, and that's available for you. Just a reminder, um, we are going to be sharing in communion today. Um, so um, we, we did get some of this messaging out, but my apologies if we're not done brilliantly at that. Don't worry. Um, basically, communion is going to work on this basis. It's, it's a bit of a bring-your-own basis. Um, so if you've not today, don't worry. Next time we share communion, we are going to have little hygienically packaged individual cups with wafers built into them, uh, which you will be able to get as you come. Um, that'll be next time. You can imagine every church on earth has been ordering these things, um, so we don't have any currently. If you're prepared for communion, that's fine. If you're not, um, we, we are going to have just a reflective time at the close of our gathering today. If you're at home, um, you can scramble to the kitchen and get yourself sorted. Uh, that's absolutely fine. Um, so I just invite you to stand with me if that's okay. If you're here in the building, even if you're there at home, uh, let's really uh, center ourselves upon Jesus this morning. And let's uh, allow the distractions and sometimes the, the, the chaos and the, the difficulties, the struggles of this world to be secondary and to say, God, you are at the center of it all. We're so glad, Jesus, that we are here, that we are together with one another, but principally we are with you. And you are God with us. And we pray, dear Jesus, we praise you for your good. You are good and you are perfect. You are good and you are perfect. And you are strong. And we thank you, dear Jesus, that you love us. So you bring to us your goodness, you bring your perfection, you bring your strength. And we, before you this morning, acknowledge we need all of these things. Because God in and of ourselves, no, <laughs> we are neither good nor perfect, nor are we strong. We need you. And God, we thank you that as we've been encountering you, you awaken within us, not only the need that we have of you, but a longing within our hearts for you. God, we know that it is good to be with you. And so we praise you this morning that we're with you, that you're with us. God, if we need reminding of that here in this building, in our homes, catching up on this service through the week, if we need reminding of these things, God, would you grab a hold of us, we pray. God, if we need to humble ourselves, set aside some of the things that have distracted us, consumed us, or confused us, then we do so. We are yours. Do wonders among us, we pray. In your name. Amen. 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 
It's lovely to be with you this morning, whether you're in church or online. Who likes exciting news? There's a few of you like exciting news. We've got a couple of things coming up within our kids' ministry. So hopefully in the next two weeks, children, you are going to be receiving all new Gateway Kids Backpack. So they're going to be getting delivered with goodies in there, and you can put your devotions that you're receiving through the post and online every week to do that. And you never know, there might be some sweets in there as well. Anybody else like story times? Well, maybe. Okay, we're going to be doing Gateway Kids story time on our YouTube channel as well. So that's going to be starting hopefully in the next two weeks as well on a Sunday night. Bedtime stories to settle your children in to bed and to pray with them as well. So it's exciting times ahead, yes, all ages. And of course, we're all big kids, aren't we? So we can all tune in as well. Maybe you might fall asleep before your children do. You never know, and they'll have a party while you're snoring away. So as Pastor Greg was talking before, he was saying we're talking about the story of God. Now, how many of you like reading? Any of you readers? There's a few of you. I'm like that. Okay. It has to be a good thriller or a murder for me to read a book. I don't know what that says about me at all. I'm not sure whether I should confess that. I'm not sure about that. But I was reading some statistics this week, and it says an average household has 158 books in it. Anybody think they've got more than 158? I was going to say Pastor Greg will, and probably Pastor Paul as well. Yeah, on that. All these books that you maybe read, I'm lucky if I get through maybe a two a year. I start it, put it down, start it again, put it down, start it again. You never know. But we're thinking about stories, okay, the story of God, and all the different things that are within the Bible as well. Also, research says that the University, I think it's University of Leeds or the Library of Leeds, has 150,000 books in it. Anybody fancy going there and reading all those books? All the different categories. There's lots and lots, aren't there? What are some of your favorite? I was doing some research because obviously I don't really read that many books on that side. And the top five children's books at the moment are Slime by D David Williams. Anybody read it? Any of the kids read it? There we go. Oba's read it. Fantastic. Is it good? Apparently, it's number one book at the moment. Okay. We've got Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Have you read that one? Yeah, he's read that one. Any adults read that one? Anybody going to confess? Crystal kind of went half there on that one, going to confess. We've got The Smeds and the Smooths. Anybody heard of that one? Oh, there, there we go. Oba is really good on this. He's got them all down to a T. We have got... Oh, I love this one. This is number four. The world's worst parents. What are they teaching the kids? The world's worst parents. And that is an awful David Williams again. We're going to blame him for an awful lot of things, aren't we? And then we've got Oi Puppies. Now, for me as a child, I don't know if you were, I'm showing my age here, it was Enid Blyton. Anybody else with their child? Enid Blyton. The magic faraway tree. Yes. The wishing chair. And then do I confess, <laughs> Mallory Towers? 
Yeah, oh, there's a few there. Okay, so I love to read those. But there's lots, isn't there, of different books, whether it's crime, whether it's thriller, whether it's romance, whether it's poetry, whether it's architecture, whether it's gardening. Yeah, I'm showing my age here. All these different things. There's so many different categories, aren't there? that you can actually go into a bookstore and say, right, how long am I going to stay in here and find the book that I want to read? Now, the good news is all these categories can be found in one book. You don't really have to look very far. And of course, it's the Bible, isn't it? It is the Bible, because the Bible is full of everything. Whether you want it, you know, whether you want in that drama, whether you want that romance, the law, history, everything is in the Bible and of course it's a fantastic story to be able to tell so whether your friends might say to you the Bible is boring some people say oh, I don't really want to read it it's boring tell them different okay say it's full of everything you want so I brought my Bible with me okay a little bit of participation here we're going to have here we go this is how exciting the Bible is Okay, there's nothing in it. Gone a little bit wrong there. Okay, we're saying it's exciting. Do you all have a best Bible story? Yes? One of your favorite ones that you read? Yes, we can participate. Yes, there's a few there. Okay, what I want you to do. Any artists in the house? Or maybe artists at home? Yes? What I want you to do is you're going to draw your favorite Bible story in the air. Okay, so get your imaginary pen out. Get those hands in the air. Okay, and let's draw, see if we can go. Okay, one, two, three, draw that. Are we going? I'm trying to work out interesting pictures going on here. Okay, after three, what I want you to do is kind of push it this way. Okay, with your hand, go one, two, three, there. Let's see, here we go. So, there we see the stories in the Bible, but... We were saying kind of the people can sometimes think that the Bible is boring, but it's full of adventure, it's full of colour, it is alive. So what I want you to do, whether you're here or you're at home, after three, if you're at home, you can shout, okay? If you're here, you're just going to have to speak it loudly, okay? I want you to shout, speak loudly, your favourite colour. Are you ready? One, two, three... That wasn't very loud, was it? I think we're going to try it a little bit more. I know you're muffled, but there we go. You ready? One, two, three. There's a few here. Here we go. Are you ready? You see, what we need to remember is that the Bible is the word of God and that it is alive today. You know, God's story is so important for us to have in our hearts that we can share with other people. It's not boring. It's not empty. Okay? It's not just black and white. It's full of adventure and full of colour. See, in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis says, God spoke the word. How powerful is our God? He speaks and it happens. And let's learn and encourage, be encouraged today to know the word of God, that we can speak it and see the power of God moving in our society and in our world. I'm going to pass over to Pastor Greg. Wonderful, wonderful. You didn't know you had those kind of powers, did you, before you came to church this morning? And make the stories of God appear. Um, genuinely thought the world's worst parents was a manual. Um, Going to stop using that now, obviously. Um, didn't realize it was fiction. Um, 
I did, did definitely resonate with me the idea that you might fall asleep before your children do at night. Um, every single time, I think, is actually the truth of it, isn't it? Um, the story is great, and in a moment or two, we're going to uh, begin diving into uh, the story of God. Uh, but just before we do, we've just got one um, wonderful kind of family announcement that we want to share with you. Um, something of a love story, if you don't mind the little segue there. Um, but we're delighted to have um, some guests with us, uh, one of whom you know well, um, the other one I'm sure you'll get to know as time goes by. Um, but Dan and Anna are with us uh, this morning, Dan Wakio, um, alongside his folks there. And they're here because uh, we're delighted to be announcing that they are shortly to be married. And um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, so, and so on the 21st of December, they're going to be uh, wed in this place. And we're sharing this with you at home and here so that um, you can keep them in your prayers. Of course, you'll know that with all the announcements that go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, it is an, an extra <laughs> stressful season in many ways. So I'm sure you're going to want to be praying for them as they make preparations. You will understand, won't you, if uh, none of you are invited, but that's okay. Um, it's not because they don't love you. Um, it's just, you know, they don't love you as much as... No, 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 that's not it either. Um, but we do want to be praying. But ordinarily, we would have folks out to the front. We'd lay hands on them and pray for them and so on and so forth. We're not going to do that in the current circumstances. But we do want to pray for you. Is that okay? Um, and so if you're here in the building, you might just want to reach hands out to them. They're, they're right there in the middle, um, just if you weren't sure. Um, not going to embarrass you by making you stand up there. But if you're at home as well, would you join with us in praying for Dan and praying for Anna? And, um, and we really want to ask God's blessings upon them. Lord Jesus, we thank you for them. Uh, we thank you, God, because they're fearfully and wonderfully made. And Lord Jesus Christ, from the very beginning, even before um, their beginnings, God, you had grand and glorious plans for them. We thank you, Jesus, that you've been outworking and unfolding those plans over the um, formative years of their lives. But God, you're not done yet. God, you've brought them together. You've brought them together because they've been pursuing you, God, with everything that they've got. That's how they found one another, because of their pursuit of you. And Jesus, we praise you for that. We praise you, God, that as they come together, um, not only in the friendship and the romance that they have, but in the joy of marriage, that, Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to bring that pursuit of, of God into a new season. That, Lord Jesus, you're going to knit their hearts and souls together, Lord Jesus. You're going to do wonders in them, God. You're going to bring such delight and joy and strength and comfort and peace into them as a married couple, into their home, into their ministry, into their mission in this world. So, God, we bless what you are doing in their lives. We pray, God, your great blessing upon all of their preparations as the day approaches of their wedding. Lord God, would you de-stress them, uh, give them peace. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, not only that, would you give them the delights of, of, of their heart, Lord God? Would you give them everything that they're longing for, for this special day? And for all the days ahead, Lord God, bless them, bless their families, those who are going to be traveling from overseas to be a part of this celebration. God, bless everything that they're doing, everything that they're about, Lord Jesus, for God, we know that they are in you and you are for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, do you want to give them another little round of applause and, and just celebrate with them? 
That's really, really good. Um, Berenice, would you mind putting that prayer line message up on the screen for me? It, it's just, the screen is there currently. The screen may go and come back as we go along. We're having a few little issues with it, but don't worry. Um, today, we're beginning into what is entitled the story of God. And in various sections as we progress through the autumn, um, and even all the way through to Christmas. Can anyone believe that Christmas is not, well, it's kind of coming soon? Erin um, went out to the shops the other day and she came back with um, a little kind of toy catalog from the entertainer in the pyramids and gave it to Judah. Uh, we need to have a talk, we do. Um, clearly Erin and I are not on the same page here. We need to just dial down these expectations and stop the crazy. But uh, no, no, we don't really. We, we want to delight in it. But, you know, we're going to progress through autumn all the way to Christmas thinking about the story of God. Now, you might wonder, what on earth does that mean? Well, don't worry, we're going to unpack it. And as we go through, it's intended to be an interactive experience. So I'm going to ask some questions as we come into times of worship, as we do. And I would love for you to contemplate those questions. Think about what you think the answers are. And if you've got questions or comments or so on, then message them into the prayer line number, which was on the screen. It's gone now. It's going to come back again. Um, many of you have already got that in your phones, and you've got that, no doubt, if you're on the live stream as well. Uh, but we'd love to dig in this together. If you're a part of one of our transformed communities, you get to unpack this in dialogue with one another through the week. And so if you're not yet part of one, I would urge you, make sure to connect with one. Let me know at the close of our gathering. I'll be available um, down at the front here, and we'd love to help you to connect. If you're on, on the live stream and um, just pop that in the chat there or use the connection card that's there and we'll help you to connect well, it's been said already but we love a good story um, we love a good story whether you're a reader or not a reader you, we love good stories you know whether your stories come via the telly whether your stories come in the office whether your stories are at home however they might be it's innate to be captivated by a tale well told we want to share our stories even just the mundane things of everyday life. And, you know, we know, don't we, how much of humanity, of culture, society is shaped by story. We see it in the wide-eyed wonder of children listening at bedtime. We understand it to be true. Even before the advent of the written word, as communities would gather around food or the warmth and light of a fire and hear the stories that formed them as a people. That's what stories do. They form people. And you and I, we are being formed too, for good or for ill. The stories that we're hearing and believing, they shape us. And there are so many competing stories out there trying to capture us so that they might captivate us. Some have good or bad content, kind or evil intent. They seek to make us, but there actually is one big, one grand story above and over it all. And it's the story of who we really are, of where we've come from, what we are for, who is for us, and the story of where we're headed that we can hear today. And I hope that you're not just going to hear it from me, but from God himself, because he wants to speak this story uh, to each and every one of us, our creator, who wants, us to, who wants to invite us back into the greatest story ever told. So just to overview how we're going to progress, this is where we're going. The, the big ideas that we're wanting to understand more deeply today, well, to begin with, God. God, who is holy and is a creator, is the creator. 
humans created in God's image, often referred to as the Imago Dei, the very imprint of God upon his people he has created. Humans being created, in fact, to live forever. And humans given free will, a choice to trust in God or to trust in self. Sadly, we see in the story that humans in choice rebel and are cast out of not only the garden at the beginning, but of the presence of God. Humans, in fact, were never meant to make certain choices, in fact, to determine or to judge good or evil for ourselves. That's God's authority alone. But in the midst of this rebellion and brokenness, God pursues. He pursues rebellious humans. He has a a missionary identity, and that missionary identity flows from him to us. So, look, if you've got questions as we're going along, then please do um, shoot them out. If you want to make a note of the number, I'm going to just say it once. I know most of you got it, but if you don't, you might want to make a note. 07867 988230. Maybe somebody can put that in the chat online for me. That would be great. A question to begin. As you look around the world, does everything seem like it is as it should be? You might think, that's the silliest question I've ever heard, Greg. Can you not see us all wearing masks? Um, Of course we know in this COVID season that there are so many restrictions and difficulties and problems that aren't as they should be. But I would suggest to you, actually, this is something that was pre-COVID. You remember those heady, halcyon days when we didn't all have to be distant from one another and all this kind of stuff. The world still wasn't all as it should be. And actually, even when we come from this uh, current COVID season, will the world be right then? Are you familiar with the concept of entropy? A little bit of physics for you this morning. It's this sense that within the universe, all physical matter and there's energy involved, it's all moving apart from one another. Everything tends toward disorder. It's at work within the universe. I tell you, it's at work within my home. Um, does anybody else see everything tending toward disorder in the house? It's, you know, I fix one room. I go back into another room, having neglected to observe the kids for a few moments. Every single toy that they own is scattered to the four walls. There are dozens of toys that neither Erin nor I have ever bought or seen in our lives. And yet there they all are, floating around, being flung this way and that. Can anybody resonate with this? Um, disorder, things just scattering, moving. But look, it's not just a, a silly idea, nor is it just a physical phenomenon. It's a spiritual reality, a human dynamic. Things can fall apart yet. There was a day when the world was very much like we would wish or long for or yearn for, as you might imagine or hope it could be. And there is a day coming when it will be like that again. So here's the first chunk of our story. Look, if you want to read this for yourself, uh, the parts of the Bible you might want to read are Genesis chapters 1 to 3. Maybe drop into Job 38. That'll blow your mind a little. And then Revelation 12. And we're going to just unpack some of these themes right now before we come again to question and to worship. Look, the story is about God. I just want to put that out there right at the beginning. If any of you thought you were the hero of the tale, um, sorry to disappoint. And the story is ultimately fundamentally about God. He's a being who was before all things and created the earth and everything in it. God alone always does what is good and right 
and perfect. So the Bible calls him holy. That word gathers together all those themes of of his goodness, his rightness, his perfection. Now, while God was creating the foundations of the earth, there were these almost mysterious, wondrous creatures, angels, watching him with amazement, singing together and shouting for joy. God created these beautiful angels to worship him. The Bible teaches us, though, that some of these angels rebelled against God and his ways. Any rebellion against God is what the Bible calls sin. God will not allow sin to remain in his presence forever. So he sent the rebellious angels into darkness on the earth to face final punishment later. Then. God decided he would create another being called a human. You can have a little look around the room. There's a few of them in here. I think pretty much all of you. Um, Yeah, pretty much. Um, You know, he created these humans. God took the earth and he prepared it to be a place for humans to dwell in. His spirit moved over the surface of the earth and God made light separating it from darkness. He divided the oceans and the sky. He gathered the waters so that dry land would appear. He he grew plants and flowers and trees with seeds that would reproduce themselves. He created the sun, the moon, the stars. He set the days and the seasons into motion. He filled the seas with fish, the sky with birds, and the earth with all kinds of wild animals. Anybody want to ask God about spiders when they get to heaven? Anybody? What was that about? It's not a mistake, you know, but I'm I'm not entirely on board. But this is what God did. He put great care and creativity into creation. Giraffes, anybody? That's pretty creative, isn't it? What's going on there? That's just wondrous. It's just weirdly wondrous. He, He gave it unbelievable potential. Then he looked at everything, and this is what God said. He said, this is good. And after he prepared the earth, God said, let us make humans in our image to be like us. They will be in charge of the earth and the plants and the animals that live on it. So God formed man from the dust of the ground, formed fashion with his own hands from the dirt, and breathed life into him. This man would be called Adam. Just a little later, God created the first woman, Eve, from one of Adam's ribs to be a companion and helper for Adam. God created both the man and the woman fully, completely in his image, wonderfully knowing that likeness and revealing it in the world. God blessed the woman and the man with the ability to continue creating through having children. And the humans were given the job of developing the hidden potential of God's world. It's a world that wasn't static or finished in a sense, but but wondrously full of opportunity. And God commissioned his people to realize that opportunity. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything on the earth. He placed the humans in a beautiful garden A place where they had everything they needed to live life to the fullest. In the middle of the garden, God placed two special trees. One was the tree of life, and the other was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said that Adam and Eve could eat from any tree in the garden except for one. 
the tree that would give them knowledge of good and evil. And here's why. He warned them not to eat from that tree or they would surely die. Daily, God would come and spend time with the humans. He would walk with them in the cool of the day. He showed them how to live in the best possible way. A life lived close to God, under his protection, doing the work that God had given them, a life that was full and complete. Adam and Eve loved being with God. As God looked over all his creation, he thought, this is very good. And after creating all of this, God rested. Not because he was tired, but because he invited his people to begin to work from that place of rest. Setting aside a day of rest each week for recreation and the wonder of possibility. Look, it's a good story. It's a good story. Because God is good. And as we're going to come and worship now, I'm going to just share a few questions for you to contemplate about this story. You know, I know we can't sing, and you know, there's a sadness in that, but we can meditate on God's goodness and reflect upon what it means for us. So whether you're here, whether you're at home, whether you're catching up, here are some questions I've got for you. What was God's relationship to his creation? What do you think about that? What does the story tell you about how God created? You know, was it a bit like some of us, we get in from work at the end of the day and we're like, oh, we know we need to make some dinner. So we grab something out of the freezer, shove it in the onion, and, uh, onion in the oven and, uh, and hope we don't burn it. It doesn't seem like that, does it? It doesn't seem like slapdash, last minute. What do you think? How did God make humans unique in his creation? What was the human's vocation? What was their calling? What was their job in creation? What kind of relationship did God have with the people? What kind of relationship did Adam and Eve have with one another? You remember, Eve was formed out of one of Adam's ribs. That's pretty close, isn't it? Um, yeah. What would you give up for Anna, Dan? What would you give up for her? Would you give a rib, a kidney? I don't know. Um, it's pretty intimate, isn't it? What do you think is significant about those two trees in the garden? It's quite intriguing, isn't it? What did God want from the humans? What, what was the relationship supposed to look like? Do you think humans were created to live forever? What do we learn about God in this scene? So whether you want to stand or sit or however you want to respond, we're going to spend some time in a song of worship now. And then we're going to come again to consider uh, the last part of the story. Praise you, God. You're welcome to grab a seat if you'd like to do so. And we're going to come into um, the second part of the story um, this morning. It's good to see a few questions are coming through um, on the, uh, the, the church line here. And uh, Barbara asks, why did he send those rebellious, those dark angels to earth where we were going to live? That is a big question, Barbara. And... Um, and I'm not going to duck that question, but I am going to say the answer comes in a subsequent week. Um, so, so tune in another time, and we're going to do that. Of course, also, Barbara, you can, you can, ask, um, you can ask somebody in your Transform community in the week as well. Um, I'm gonna, I'll leave that one for Ian McCasey, shall I? Um, I'm sure he doesn't mind. Uh, God bless you, Ian. Love you. Um, so big questions. Big questions start to come out of this story because we see this beautiful, wondrous creation and then we see something tragic 
starting to come. And we're going to unpack that again. And, and again, we would return uh, to the scriptures, to Genesis chapters 1 to 3, uh, where, we, we, where we would find how the story unfolds. You see, there they are, Adam and Eve, in this garden. Everything's provided. There's one thing that they're not supposed to eat of, but everything is perfect. God is with them day by day, walking with them, talking with them. They're, he himself is literally so close to them. There's nothing off limits in terms of God's person, his presence, and his goodness in their lives. But one day, what the Bible describes as a serpent, the most clever of all the animals in the garden, he came to the woman. He asked Eve, did God really say you must not eat any of the fruit in the garden? Eve told him, no, we can eat from any tree in the garden. It's only the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that we are not allowed to eat from or even touch or we will surely die. The serpent said to her, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You will become just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. Now when Eve saw how good and delicious the fruit looked and that it would make her wise, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to Adam, her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. They chose not to believe God and to believe a lie. Instantly, their eyes were opened and they became filled, but with shame and with fear. They strung fig leaves together around their hips to cover their nakedness. And toward evening, they heard God walking about in the garden, as we've heard he would do each and every day with them. So they hid themselves among the trees. God called to them, where are you? Adam answered, I heard you coming and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. God answered, why are you ashamed of being naked? Did you eat the fruit I told you not to eat? Adam blamed Eve, saying, it was the woman you gave me, she gave me some. Then God said to Eve, how could you do this? Eve blamed the serpent, saying, the serpent tricked me into eating the fruit. So God said to the snake, because you have done this, you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. You will be the enemy of the woman and her children. You will bite his heel, but he will crush your head. There's something in there that we'll unpack in the story as we go along. God's heart was broken because of their disobedience. But he could not ignore what they had done. God always does, you remember, what is good and right and perfect. And so God's perfect justice required that there be consequences for rebellion. God punished Adam and Eve by throwing them out of the garden, outside of his perfect care and protection. No longer following God's way, they were now subject to sickness, pain, even death. Not only were the humans punished as a result of their disobedience, but all of God's creation fell under a curse. Nothing remained as it was supposed to be, except God was still good, right, and perfect, 
Nothing you see can change that. God continued to love Adam and Eve. He even created clothing for them out of animal skins so that they would not be ashamed out of the garden. So here we have a story of creation, of perfection, but a story that's then often termed as as the fall. But truth be told, it's a story of rebellion leading to everything falling under a curse. I'm not going to make it easy for you today because I'm not going to tie up all the loose ends of the story. No, we're going to do that over the weeks to come. But I want that, that sense of God's perfect creation and the consequence of rebellion. How did we have it described? Choosing to trust ourselves. Choosing to trust a lie rather than choosing to trust God. Let the consequences of that perhaps resonate with us start to speak into the brokenness of our world, start to speak into perhaps the brokenness of our own story, certainly before we meet Christ. And we know he's still working out some of the brokenness within our lives. So here we come again to reflect and to question the story and perhaps you come again, that would be great. Questions I have for you to reflect upon here are these. What did Adam and Eve choose to do in the story? And we remember it. It was a choice. A choice that was built into their created intent. But, but what did they choose to do? What was the real temptation Adam and Eve were presented with by the serpent? I were told that the fruit looked good. But I don't think it was that, was it? What was the real temptation? What was the real lie What was the the, the real prospect that they elevated over and above what they had with God, their loving creator? What was God's initial response to Adam right after he had disobeyed? Think about that. What did the story say? You might need to look at it again for yourself this week. What did God do? He knew everything. When God came into the garden, he still called for them. That that was his response. It wasn't because he didn't know where they were. It wasn't because he didn't know what they had done. But God still comes. What does that tell you about God? God still looks for them. What does that tell you about God? What were the consequences of their actions? What are the consequences of our own sinful actions? When we act in rebellion toward God, when we choose to distrust God, what are the consequences of our actions? Why do you think God required consequence for sin and rebellion? Why didn't he just say, oh, never mind, I'll sweep that one under the carpet? Why does God say, actually, no, there is a right way and there's a wrong way? And the story tells us that all of creation experiences consequences for sin. As we look around the world today, as we think about this current moment in society, our country, the world even, Where do we see these effects? So again, I'd invite you, whether you sit or stand or however you want to be, we're going to be led in a song of reflection and response toward God. I want you to think about the story of the impact of these things. This is what the Bible tells us. It's the story of God and his people. We're just beginning. Don't worry, it will get better. There's lots of ups and downs along the way. We don't want to skirt round or skim over 
the brokenness of our world, of the problem of sin, of the devastation of choosing to trust in what cannot bear our trust. We thank you, Jesus, for your never-ending, never-failing love for us. We praise you, dear God. So as we continue to worship and draw to a close in our time together, we're going to consider how it is that God has pursued us rescued us. Like I said, I'm not going to unpack the whole story for you this morning. There's far too much. But we are going to come to share in a moment of communion for those of us who are prepared to do so. Um, That's great. If you're not, don't worry. Uh, Like I said, there will be other occasions when we'll we'll help us all to be able to do so. This explains why I've got a slightly strange looking packed lunch here at the front. As we come to share in this communion, what we're doing is we're being reminded that though everything changed in that garden because of trust misplaced, because of a sense of self elevated over the goodness of God, though everything was broken, yet God remained unchanged. A loving, creating, seeking, finding, saving God the Bible teaches us that that ultimately is what he has done for each and every one of us these are the things we're learning in this story I've encouraged you already be a part of a transformed community understand this story better day by day through the week on our church Facebook page we're unpacking the story at 8 o'clock each evening considering the ways of God those are great and wonderful things I'd urge you to engage with them but right now We recognize that God is with us. And I would encourage you, whether you're here in the building or at home, perhaps you would close your eyes and just reflect upon God. Reflect on the words that we've just been singing, or, well, a few of us up here have been singing. The words that we've heard. God is recklessly giving everything that he has in the pursuit of us. I imagine that's something we all need to hear today. Maybe just maybe that's something you're hearing for the first time today. Maybe you've never really understood it before that your relationship with God has been broken by sin. Your choice to trust in yourself, your choice not to trust in God, it's a devastating rupture. It is a choice that leads toward death. But God has come that you may have life life in him and life eternal and the choice we have today is to stop trusting in ourselves and to choose to trust in God it is a choice to stop rebelling rebelling against his good and perfect ways and to begin again to walk in his ways in the power and the possibility that he gives to us as the free gift of grace I just want to make this opportunity before I come to break bread and share in the cup for those of us who are taking part whether there's anybody here or maybe there's somebody online and you're saying actually yes I've not put my trust in Jesus but I need to do so actually yes I recognize I have been living in rebellion against God's good ways but I want to stop I need his help I want him to be my Lord my saviour my friend and if there's anybody here in the room today while our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're saying, yes, would you pray for me that I would know Jesus in that way? Then would you just raise your hand and I'll see it. 
and I'll pray for you here. Oh, that's great. I see those hands. Thank you. You can put them down again. And over there and at the back as well. That's wonderful. I'm so delighted to pray for you. If you're online, you can, I'm sure, request prayer there as well. And folks will come and they'll pray with you. Let me pray for these four in the building here and anyone else who is responding to this call. Let me pray for you. God, we want to know you. We recognize that if it was down to our own goodness, strength, or wisdom, we couldn't know you. We've broken that. We've separated ourselves from you. But you're not finished with us. You come to us. Lovingly, graciously, justly you come that we may know you again. Jesus, I thank you for what you have done for us, for you giving your life that we might live, for you rising again to life that we may live with you and live with you eternally. My prayer, Jesus, for these folks who are putting their hands up today in this place, those who are responding online, is that they would be sincere about placing their lives in your hands today and all the days of their lives. But I pray for them also, God, knowing that this doesn't just depend on them. Yes, they choose you. But God, having done so, this is dependent upon your grace and your strength to bring real and lasting change in their lives. So God, I pray that you would flood their lives with your goodness and your grace from this moment now and forevermore. God, would you transform them according to the work of the cross. Lead them in a new way, Lord God. Seal them, mark them with the fullness of your spirit upon them. God, in these tough, difficult days, let them know that something has changed, that you're with them, you are walking with them, that you are for them and not against them, that God, you will lead them into a new way of hope. This is my prayer for them here in this place, anyone online, anyone catching up, choose Jesus. Choose his new and living way. And so I come to take this bread, which speaks to us of the sacrifice Jesus has made. His body was broken so that our brokenness might be transformed into wholeness through him. If you have bread with you here or online, then please do take and break and eat. Jesus giving himself for us. Amen. And then if you have the cup, whether here or online, we take the cup which speaks to us of the, the lifeblood of Jesus shed for our sins. And we say thank you, Jesus. And wherever we are, why don't we just offer our thanks to Jesus? Why don't you pray to him? Could we do that? And we just simply talk to Jesus and thank him. Thank him for what he has done for us thank him for the life that he has given that we might live thank him that our sin may be put to death so that we may come again to his new and living way oh we thank you Jesus we praise you we praise you Jesus amen we stand together here in this place if you're at home you might want to stand with us as well if you raised your hand or if you responded online please don't rush away without connecting with somebody there's a way of connecting online we'd love to help you if you raised your hand I would love to chat with you this morning if that's appropriate you feel comfortable with that 
If not, then do please make a note of our prayer line number and, and you can contact us that way. But I'm going to be available at the side of the stage here as we draw to a close. I'd love to chat with you, help you to connect with ways forward for you in new life in Jesus. But shall we praise God for his goodness together? Shall we praise him? You can't sing, but you can say yes. Yeah, okay. Let's praise God together. Lift our hearts, lift our hands. We'll talk with him. Celebrate his goodness in our lives as we journey with him in the story of God. Amen. Well, God bless you. It's great to have you here in the building and for everyone else online. Thank you very much for joining us this day. God bless you.